With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Six point five percent was it? Is is that what the current odds are of the Stanley Cup? Well, and you, if you look at the round by round progression, the Stanley Cup favorite is uh-huh. the Vancouver Canucks. Like what a time to be alive! I- Talking you through every goalie controversy, scoring slump, and draft lottery bust. This is the C4 Podcast on CanucksHockeyBlog.com. Here they are, the best starting lineup we could afford under the salary cap. Chris, Matt, Anna, and Adam. Welcome to another episode of the C4 Canucks Hockey Podcast, brought to you by the Full Press Coverage Network and CanucksHockeyBlog.com. I am Chris at Lightforce, the host with the usual call-in, sign-in, whatever you want to call. Maybe it's an introduction. I don't know. Joined, as always... By the equally capable introducer of podcasts, Anna Forsyth at A4Size03. Welcome, Anna. Thanks, Chris. I think, once again, I've been damned by faint praise. Um, <laughs> um, Faber definitely meant it in a nice way when last week he congratulated me for getting through the intro. Um, but, yeah, I was thinking, wow, that's just the smallest part of <laughs> my job on the podcast. Yeah, I said his name right, I guess. So, good job, me. And you got his Twitter handle correct, uh, whereas I had to ask him because of, and this, as I explained, I mean, for those who listen to the show and those who did not, um, your A4 size 03, Matt was like underscore, I think, at one point. Like, and I, and so underscores in numbers with names start giving me uh, fits because I can't remember who's got the underscore, who doesn't. And so yeah. I knew you didn't. So then in my mind, as I'm like reading out his profile, I'm like, I think he does, but whatever. Yeah. I mean, I think they had a little conversation about that um, on that podcast with Quadrelli's weird spellings. Okay. Handle. Yeah. So I didn't not realize that Quadrelli is Quadrelli but not the way you'd think Quadrelli would be. And I could never understand why I couldn't tag. And then I would, you know, I'd cheat. I'd copy paste. It never for a million years occurred to me mm-hmm. that a one was involved. So. Yeah. That, well, that's it. But yeah, it is funny to me, especially because Quadrelli is quite like on it with spelling. And especially if someone misspells an Italian name, like he gets mad and it's like, I haven't even spelled your name right, bud. But there we go. It, I'm not about to start another podcast war. Well, I mean, we, we we've got one, but I mean, what's what's not to like about two or three? If we if we really wanted to have you know multiple commandments to open up the front on uh, or open up the the battle on many fronts, is there an actual Quadrelli out there? Is that why he couldn't get it, yes, or did he want to be? I don't remember speak? the story fully, but yeah, it's somewhat. A- else is hogging the twitter handle mm. um yeah so i think i believe that is quads nemesis yeah it happens and chris faber has one yeah 
I, uh, I have Chris one. Faber. Yeah. Chris well, okay. Golden. Yeah, actually, I think I shared this on Twitter a while back. Um, but there is, there is a Chris Golden and there's a Christopher Golden and, and what have you. But, um, what's interesting is that every so often people would search on, you know, Twitter for the author, Christopher Golden. And he and I apparently look similar, or at least a younger version of me looks similar to the him. <laughs> We're not the same. We're not related. Or if we are, it's like how many ever generations of golden's older white dude thing and but i would get pinged and then i would be like oh no you're looking for this guy he has on occasion apparently been pinged about me though i don't think he has forwarded them to me um but the long story short it ended up looping in christy golden who is an author as well um, but she's involved wow. in uh, video games and I've known of Christy Golden longer than I have known of Christopher Golden, the author mm -hmm. and Christy Golden follows me now. <laughs> and I think that's wonderful. Well, there you go. Literary like namesakes there. I mean, there is an Anna Forsyth who's a poet um, in London and mm. it is kind of funny because I got tagged in some night she was appearing in and I was just like, well, it's not quite the kind of thing they've done, but I have actually performed at Poetry Nights in London in the past and lots of, you know, new writing theatre nights. So it's not out of the realms of possibility that it would be me, but yeah. Yeah. Small world. Mm -hmm. Brought Very together weird. on the bird site. On the bird site, as long as it lasts. Yeah. Um, I will miss the bird site when it goes away because where does Connect's Twitter go from there? Yeah. Like, how do we cope with the Canucks without Canucks Twitter? I don't know. I, I don't know either. I, I genuinely think it just it's over. I mean, hockey no longer exists, and we all become big fans of, I don't know, soccer, football. There's no. I mean, sure. Yeah. I, honestly, like, I get Twitter's terrible right now, and the algorithm's the functionality all of that is terrible but i still enjoy using it far more than i enjoy using any of the other mm. sites apart from yeah. of course discord and talking to our wonderful listeners on discord that's right but which actually, if you haven't joined already is discord.io c4 podcast um speaking that. of terrible things the vancouver canucks still are which is great isn't that fun it's well, okay. Every so often, like in this past road trip, they did some things where you're like, stop it. <laughs> like, right. It's too obvious. <laughs> and, 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 and then they got back into the, the oh, okay, cool. Still, you know, you're doing the right things. Um, you're giving opportunities to the right people that you're looking to now, you know, move on. And, and although apparently now one of them, isn't movie. I don't know. It's so weird. Patrick Alvine doesn't provide answers. And when he does, it's like, but that's not what we want you to do. Um, so there's that. And then you have obviously a new contract uh, to a player who I quite like, very exciting. So makes sense. You give them single digits in a, in a, in a night game in and game out. That's good. And oh, you 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 have a backup goaltender who you put on waivers, but is backing up. But then, does that mean your starter is coming back? But do you want to bring your starter back? Why not have your starter do conditioning? Are you trying to trade your starter? What a time to be alive, Anna! <laughs> yeah. So, just like whatever's happening down at Twitter Towers, please hold on because we need it. We need it yeah. to get through the rest of the season and through the inevitable heartbreak of the of the entry draft. Before we get to the uh, entry draft, however, let's talk about the week that was. So the Vancouver Canucks are, are finally at home. They're actually playing right now while we're recording. They're losing, which is, again, you know, all that is right in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, when when you had recorded uh, last week's show, the Vancouver Canucks had found a way to squeak a point out of Jersey. Um, I mean, yeah. I, I'm I'm upset that they squeak the point because and again i'm i you know i'm not as much as I, I i hate wishing my team to fail the closer they get to themselves to a solid draft pick 
the happier I am, but it also sort of reinforces what this team needs to do. Because I don't know if yeah. you've seen that colorful like diagram that indicates all the percentages and like for the makes the playoffs round two, round three, round four. The Vancouver Canucks are still on that thing. Okay, they got 0.1%. And as long as there's a chance. Yeah. Right? I know. I always wonder about that, you know, like the playoff percentage chance. Um, in cricket, there's something called win-vis, which is like a percentage um, you're likely to win the game. And like sometimes you just think, like, how is there even a percentage on there? Um, and it's kind of the same for the Canucks in the playoff chances, but I mean, they're realistically they're done. It's just I'm so scared that they suddenly decide to be so competitive that they play themselves into the the mushy middle. They get that yeah. you know non-existent draft pick, and they follow it up with a second draft pick around the you know same place in the draft. Uh, because I I mean I it's possible the Islanders fall lower and hold on to their pick, but I don't think that's the case. So I, I think the Canucks yeah. need to rely on their own ability to get a better pick. Yeah. Their own, <laughs> they need to pull themselves up by their bootstraps and start losing. losing. Yes. Which that does so, a pretty good job at. And like, honestly, this road trip has been kind of fun to watch. No, like there's been some, you know, typical Canucks moments, but there's also been some really good hockey in short bursts and not enough to win games, which is like yeah. honestly what I love to see. Like if they're actually like some of the goals have been great and that's kind of the most fun way that this the rest of the season can play out, right? Totally. And and you know you know, just looking sort of in the road trip, as I said, they squeaked out a point against uh, Jersey. Um they then followed it up with a you know I uh, I was going to say close game against the Rangers. Um, it wasn't really close, but the Vancouver Canucks just did not want to, you know, call it a game. Um, like when when the Rangers went up by two late in the third, they hadn't even announced the damn goal before PD's like, no, no, man, I want I want to make this exciting to the end. Um, and, and, and scores it. So, like, they're, they're, you're right. They're playing this sort of a engaging style of hockey while at the same time finding a way to not get themselves points uh problem is they then you know go into the islanders to go and take on you know bo horvat and despite bo's best efforts to try to ensure that the vancouver canucks uh did not win and you know bless bo for for putting in the effort here um uh, the Vancouver Canucks uh, have this guy named uh, Elias Peterson and uh, apparently Petey uh has a few f's to give yeah, <laughs> and, like, uh, <laughs> not true of everyone on the team for sure. Um, but yeah, um, like it's kind of great to see that like um, the the Bo Horvat like revenge narrative like could not be stopped even by the Canucks being really petty and challenging the goal, which to be fair like was goalie interference, but. No, I know, but like, I, the, it's interesting. Like, people are like, "Oh, the Horvat, he's it's just a contract year. He's just it's, it's not sustainable." And I mean, again, very true on both points. But there were so many who thought, "Oh, he was going to go to the New York Islanders, and uh, uh, it'll be very clear he's he's not going to be able to continue the output." Now, still some season left, but his second game uh, with the Isles, and it's like first star, and he's getting you know the. Uh, Horvat chance. And Can I, I have two off the rails thing to say about Bo. Like sure. one, it's on those chants. Like it doesn't sound good. Like his name is Bo. Just like he never got called by his last name in Vancouver, like very much at all, apart from on the call of the game. So I don't know. It feels weird to me that they're well, chanting it as Horvat. I know, but you have to also consider like he is in a division that would have probably never really had a, a reason to talk about him or consider this player before. Uh, he comes to town. We're only a couple of weeks in and unless, you know, reporters and the in-game staff or whatever refer to him as Bo, 
Yeah. Right? It, it, it's not going to kick. And I think, I bet you he's, they, it's often, oh, Bo Horvat, Bo Horvat. So they're hearing both. And yeah. most chants will often do last name, especially when there's two syllables, right? Because Yeah. It, Isn't it funny, like, which, like, there's nothing particularly difficult to say about Horvat, but, like, how it just, like, never became part of his, like, name? Well, I, it's... I think a lot of it has to do with how in Vancouver um, we as fans have really gotten used to the players themselves, even referring to themselves by a syllable, um, like whether it be a nickname or a first name, it is, it is a syllable, a single. And so for us, like, you know, Bo or, and I mean, PD is too, but you know what I mean? Like it's, it's very, it's a familiar name. Uh, Luongo was a Lou or Louie. Like we didn't necessarily say Luongo, Roberto. Um, yeah. Bexa, we call them juice, right? Yeah. Like, but that's true. It's like once they get to know him, and it's not maybe as big a market, like in depth a market as Vancouver, but like it's still the East Coast is New York. They care about hockey. They're a loud barn. Well, um, I, so I was going to say there are probably some that would say not as big of a market as, like Vancouver. I mean, there is significant potential there, and there are fans. Yes very different though like it's like they're louder than us for sure but like are you gonna have reporters like well it's, like you're as right. many reporters the and fans being that in depth as vancouver i not. i think there is potential right like vancouver yeah. like is vancouver gonna get bigger no true and um honestly i'm not even slagging new york off here by the way like, oh no i know you're not vancouver i just market is kind of crazed yeah i think way. but you know, in fairness to some of our listeners who might not be as familiar, like there's this common belief, oh, U.S. market hockey isn't as big there. There oh, yeah, are some U.S. markets that yeah. hockey has been big, um, and there is a reason why. I mean, New York, outside of being big city, has had two NHL teams that have been engaged. Um, yeah. In in fact, you know, the the celebrities hit the Rangers. The argument might be made that the real fans – have followed the Islanders. So. Yeah. It's, they definitely kind of cast themselves as that. It's kind of like who Manchester city cast themselves up before they got the mm -hmm. money. They were like the real team as opposed to the flashy yeah, United team. Rangers, white collar, the Islanders, yeah. blue collar, right? One of us. Yeah. Yeah. Which is very um, funny, but the, sorry, just to final thing on Burrow. Yeah. Um, I, maybe it's just me, but I've seen so many, like, so much talk about his contract, like how he's not going to be worth it at the end of the contract. And I'm just like, is that any different from most big contracts? The whole point is you kind of earn being bad well, at the end of your contract. Yeah. I mean, Lou comes out and says it's a horrible contract. And people yeah. are like, but you just signed him to it. And then Bo gets the question and he's like, he's probably right. But yeah. the context that's like missing that. is that those contracts are what's handed out. Like Vancouver signing JT Miller to this deal. There was a team out there that would, whether it was Vancouver yeah. or not, there might've been many teams. I would have rather it had not been Vancouver because I, I just, you know, for the reasons we've talked about. Spot, I'd be okay with them doing it. Cause you'd be like, okay, he's not going to be worth it at the end of the contract, but Canucks are close and we've got to mm -hmm. run with him. So I don't know. It just seems bizarre the amount that that's garnered online, but yeah, the you know on the rails kind of because we're talking about hockey and we're talking about a former Vancouver <laughs> Canuck and we're talking about the contract that he just signed. Yeah, presuming the Islanders knew all along that they wanted to make this deal happen, and as we've heard many times over, the Vancouver Canucks would not grant them permission to talk beforehand. I kind of feel Vancouver gave up an opportunity to squeeze just that little bit extra juice out of Lou. Yeah, possibly. Anyhow, um, I mean, it, I guess we'll see when yeah it all shakes out. But like, yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty. It's 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 done deal. Like, there's no going back. But I just. I, I still don't get the whole or oh, not letting teams talk. Like, cause this, this is the, this was the scuttlebutt with, you know, JT Miller. Mm -hmm. Now it's maybe fuzzy. The fact that, you know, Miller's camp wasn't going to talk to anyone, but then. Yeah. Sign a deal with Vancouver. That's kind of weird, but. Yeah. 
I mean, I agree, and there's a lot of game playing here, right? Um, but also, yeah, like, Lula Morello, like, it's funny to me that no one really knows how to take him, but, yeah, he's a grumpy old white dude with weird opinions, so. Yeah, just like me. Um, <laughs> but uh, back to the Vancouver Canucks, albeit still yet uh, playing the Islanders, uh, Beauvillier is also making a return to his former team, and he put up some points. But what's interesting is that he is being, uh, I don't know, showcased or introduced to the market by playing with Petey, who is showing that if you keep your stick on the ice and you go to where the puck needs to go, you get goals. Great. I mean, there might be an argument there's others on this team that could be playing with PD right now, but it's Beauvillier. Good for him. Good for the kid. Great. I mean, it's a good way to start your, like, um, career with a new team, for sure. Um, honestly, I'm just like, why not put him in a position that he can succeed? Um I don't know if you're going to, like, I, I think he's a useful player um, who was kind of stuck in a scoring slump. So mm-hmm. I think it's probably quite a good move because it builds up his confidence until he can, yeah, get his skates under him and um, maybe he can play with people that are not just named Elias Patterson. But I think it's a good move to start off a player that's in a bit of a slump. There might be a player or two in Vancouver that have been on slumps. But hey, I mean, yeah. I'm not the coach. I'm not the guy in charge. I don't know the game of hockey well enough to make any suggestions. So I should just shut my trap. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks, however, got two points out of that game, which kind of sucked because again, that yeah. slows down their, their backward roll. Uh, fortunately, uh, Vancouver historically is horrible in games that start uh, before noon Pacific. And yeah. uh, that uh, 9 a.m. Pacific puck drop in uh, New York Detroit. on Saturday Detroit, uh, did yes. the team a solid. Yes. Yeah, they were in Detroit on Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. Like, it's not appalling to me that's the morning in Vancouver. It is a bit appalling. But the fact that it started at noon, like, how are you not mad at that? If you have to get to the rink at noon, I'd be like, no, thanks. Not well, on they're at the rink before noon. Yeah. You're at the, as a fan, you should be at the rink before noon. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm talking about the fans, like hockey yeah. players. It sucks, but like whatever, it's your job. But yeah, I just think that's just not a fun experience. Well, I mean, um, we, 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 oh, I banged the mic. Sorry, everyone. Um, we know this to be true that in the United States, uh, hockey and sports generally are considered uh, afternoon things on weekends. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, noon is it like, I mean, American football uh, games are, you know, either 10 a.m. to or 1 p.m., you know, east. But then like the the last game, which does happen at night, is that showcase matchup. Um, uh, baseball weekends will often have afternoon games earlier. Yeah, but that's outside. Then, They're both no, outside. But this is, this, is, this is a U.S. thing, right? And so. Yeah. That's why we're, we see more of these earlier games when U.S. teams are involved, especially when these you know Canadian teams like the Canucks are are down there. Uh, and Super Bowl weekend is always weird, just because yeah, the NHL has now realized there's no sense trying to go to a battle against the uh, the league that owns the day of the week. Yeah, that's fair. Um, anyway, like no fun, but. Um, kind of meant that I could only watch a period of it before I went to, into a class, um, which is probably a good thing overall because I probably, like, watch the most exciting part of it. But yeah. once again, Pedersen, and family Beauvillier. trying to... Um, <laughs> don't forget his psychic Beauvillier, um, valiantly trying to keep the Canucks yeah. in the game. The... Um... I have to watch two periods. I missed the third because uh, Baby Force had dance. And uh, let's be honest, priorities. Mm-hmm. Big time. What we saw, though, um, 
sort of on this road trip and it sort of got reinforced uh down there in in the motor city um is that the the vancouver canucks uh coaching staff have have come to the conclusion that um some players just aren't meant to to get ice time yeah now i'm curious what your thoughts are on this like if you're going to teach a player, and I mean, if, if you don't know who we're, who we're talking about here, um, Andre Kuzmenko is is unfortunately the uh, guy who is uh, not finding himself an opportunity to get into the game anymore. Um, yeah. But what are your thoughts here on him not getting ice time? Like, I don't know if I've actually heard. Well, I guess that's a lying talk. It did sort of describe him as being all over the place and having a messy game yeah and what did he say that um in new york that he had like four players who were absolutely horrible in all parts of the game and on, someone asked him if one was because banker said yes yeah i mean and- no great like <laughs> kind words no lost love really no i mean but like like kuzmenko got in detroit he actually broke single digits you got 10 minutes 17 seconds um even strength and you got 18 seconds on the the power play in the third um essentially a shift but the uh, actually no i think you got no yeah just in the in the third but um the thing that sort of strikes me is that the vancouver canucks signed kuzmenko to an extension which caught us mm-hmm. all by surprise mm-hmm. and now that you have sort of this new asset, your coach is going to bury him. Like that part like, has me so confused. I mean, Pud Colson, who's been called up, got two minutes more time on the ice. Um, Niels Oman had the same amount. Um, like, but it's, it's just weird. Like if you're, if your coach wasn't keen on this player, I think it would have come to light before you went and signed that contract. Would you not have allowed your coach to gut his value or was the concern, oh, my God, the coach is going to go and drive this asset out of town? I mean, there's a few things. One, like, Tokid's barely um, started. I will say, like, in theory, I like the fact that coaches have their kind of um, authority to, you know, just because a player might be a star player or whatever, that they still, like, the coaches have the authority to make the game-time decisions on who plays when. In theory, great. But, like, it's just so Canucks, isn't it? That it's just, like, believe in Kuzmenko. We don't have much cap space, but, like, cap space well spent on this exciting player who you've all enjoyed seeing. And then it's like, okay, but also he's not going to play. I mean, even... Tonight, we know he's making double digits because he has broken the 10-minute barrier already two periods in. But um, he's in limited opportunities, like a really exciting player still. So I know Rick Tockett has to be like the new teacher, get his authority under him and not saying because Manko's been fantastic or anything, but does seem a bit over the top, no? It does. Like it... it, it it occurs to me again from the outside looking in that Rick Tockett has an idea of the type of player he wants the to lace up the skates. Uh, it doesn't occur to me that Kuzmenko fits that type of player, and so mm-hmm. Tockett is trying to teach him with hard love how to become that player. Now, how receptive is Kuzmenko? Having a clue, and obviously, when there is a coaching change, it is easy to go from darling to dastardly you know villain and unfortunately in Kuzmenko's case that seems to have happened I feel that he was playing a pretty good game prior to the arrival of Taka and maybe it's the systems that have changed that have caused his game to be messy and all over the place um, I just sort of go back to the thought that Taka's picked a guy to go and call out to prove a point I mean and I, I just like there was a, a comment uh, made by Drance today on, I think it was a uh, um, conversation. 
Canucks talk, sorry. Um, so looking at JT Miller in the seven games under Tockett, he has had six defensive zone starts five on five. Mm-hmm. We all know that JT Miller has had a problem giving an F many times over. He's had messy games, and this is actually before Tockett arrived. Yet JT Miller fits the mold of a player that Tockett likes because it's a whole lot yeah. of give a damn. And honestly, has JT Miller played better under Tockett? Yeah. Like, well, but, but he has to- been given the opportunity. Play better, that. but also he is a player who is playing sheltered minutes. He is given yes. opera like, like, like he, that's something definitely. that Bruce did not do, and it was quite apparent. And maybe he's it's a mirage. Like the Vancouver Canucks under you know Alain Vigneault turned Cody Hodson into a phenomenal young player with a lot of upside over the course mm-hmm. of a season. <laughs> and yeah, how's Cody doing these days? I don't believe he continues to play professional hockey. Um, yeah. I know. It's funny. So, like, when, you know, if people start to speculate, why is he being given sheltered minutes? Like, are they trying to showcase him and boost his numbers? I'm just like, let's slow down here. Hey, um, sure, trade him. He's anything signed. is possible, sure but don't get, don't get our <laughs> hopes up. Just like the rumors last week of Myers? Tyler Myers going to Toronto. Yeah. I think rumors of Tyler Myers imminent demise were sadly greatly exaggerated. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and then one final note, because you did put it in the rundown here. New leaders, Petey and Quinn on trial to be captain. I am hoping that's the case. I worry that JT gets the C next season. I, I just think it's so obvious in the Canucks branding. Like, literally, Petey's on the front of everything. Like, well, because who's going to be that's ex- excitement. Like, yeah, true. But could like, you, like, before we hit record today, and again, I just was thinking awful thoughts, I had wondered, like, if Pedersen were to get traded, what would that do? Like, what would that do to the fan base? Oh, like, yeah, that's – I don't see it happening. It's too bad. Like, I think he will be the last one they let go of. Well, and I'm not suggesting they do this. I, I, honest to goodness, I don't know how we continue as Canucks fans if something crazy like that happened. Yes, everyone mm-hmm. can get traded. Gretzky was. PD is no different. But the Vancouver Canucks are in a position that by trading PD – you better be getting every bad contract off the books along with him and but, getting a crap ton back too. Yeah. He's not, that, even, he's not worth that much, but that's what yeah. we demand. I don't think that even that does it in terms of PR. Like, I think it would just be such a disaster. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, when I say like Petey and Quinn on trial to be captain, it's partly how they like it, partly how they cope with it. But I think it's a lot like just, see who the public take to. I think it's kind of obvious that like Tyler Myers didn't, hasn't been wearing an A all season. Um, OEL no longer has one. So it's just like JT still has, JT still has an A, right? But yeah, um, yeah. you know, like the vets are not keep it. Like it's very much front and center. Um, the young, exciting players, like it was so quick getting them into A's, right? Well, they had, okay, they had to give it to someone. Like, yeah. they needed a, a, a captain on the ice. Um, mm-hmm. They could have gone the, oh, Luke Shen or, yeah, you know, exactly. what have you. And they chose to do the PD Quinn um, and rotate them in. Uh, I, I just, I am, I'm so accustomed to the darkest timeline getting darker. Yeah. And you're not, like, honestly, even if they, um, Either Pedersen or Quinn gets made captain. That could honestly be, I'm not saying a mistake, but I just think when people talk about Pedersen being by far the best Canucks player, and I'm like, yes, 100% agree. Does that mean he should be captain? Not necessarily. If he really wants to be, sure. But I see that it could be a problem, and that is no disrespect to Petey. No, and I, you know, the more I've thought about it, since you know Faber joined me while you were away and said 
I think a case can be made for Quinn Hughes. Mm-hmm. I think Quinn is probably the guy you throw a C on. And this is, again, no, as no disrespect to Petey, it allows Pedersen to focus on his game, on the ice, without the worry of everything else that comes along with it. I think Petey could handle himself well, and boy, would I love seeing him candidly have conversations and death stares with people. But that will become a story onto itself. And I don't want that to, like, I don't want that to change. I don't want Petey to lose that part. And I think Quinn would feel that. Quinn just looks like Eeyore. He's sad already. It's fine. Yeah. Oh, man. Very smart, too. Like, they're both very smart people. And I don't think Quinn gets to show that a lot because he's so quiet and sad. But, um,. So many reporters talk about how smart Quinn is at breaking down plays, and he does show that sometimes. So, yeah, his brother says he's an all star and should have been uh, down there in uh, in Florida. Uh, anywho, you're listening to the C4 Canucks Hockey Podcast, brought to you by the Full Press Coverage Network and CanucksHockeyBlog.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the icon of vacations. Icon of the seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Take hitting out of the game. You can't hit anymore, so don't do it. The unsportsmanlike conduct, I want to get an explanation on. No kidding. Because how do you get suspended for unsportsmanlike conduct? Plus interference. There's no interference there. He had the puck. Now, Madison never, ever did that before. Now, why did he do it? That Because he was mad. Well, your early favorite for the Calder (laughs) Trophy, that's for sure. Elias Pettersson, you might even say your early favorite for the Hart Trophy. (laughs) Just to get back to your question, Elias is going to play plenty. He's going to get a lot of power play time and... Yeah, I'm concerned about our offense. We lost 200-point players, and we've got to find a way to score. What is it that we want to see with the rest of the season? Well, if you've been listening to this episode, losses, lots of them. L's, give them a throw them at us. We'll take every single Mm -hmm. one of them Uh, based on the result of the game. I I don't want the Vancouver Canucks to find ways as an organization to take those L's because they've been doing (laughs) such a good job at it. That needs to stop. But, purely, uh, purely on the score sheet. Yeah, it, it's it, it sucks that that we're so down on the team and, and we're so negative. It has been what three seasons now that we've been mm-hmm. going on about this, and it's as if you know Patrick Alvin must listen to the podcast because in conversation, uh, I don't know if it was, I think it was today, yeah, actually said, oh. The bubble hockey shouldn't count. Uh, the bubble season shouldn't count. I know. He even went on to say the best teams didn't even want to play. And so what does that say about it? I'm like, oh, I mean, Patrick, thank you so much. I agree with the sentiment, not necessarily the reasons. I'm just like, it's professional hockey. If the good teams didn't want to be there, like, fool them. I think it doesn't mean anything because it didn't show, like, Canucks didn't change as a team. They didn't magically grow defense. Um, they just ran hot for a little while, and the goalies were on fire. Like, And they took on a team that was getting ravaged by COVID. Yeah, and Bo Horvat. Yeah, just playoff Bo, which we'll never get a chance to see in Vancouver ever again, unless it's a Stanley Cup final. And if that's the case, I hope Bo trips on a rut. Doesn't hurt himself. Just trips <laughs> many times. That was just, like, specific and mean. Ah, that's okay. Getting cranky yeah. in my old age. Um. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm here for it. I'm here for him being, like, honest whenever Jen Rutherford allows him to be. Um, 
Yeah. You think, okay, I like how you put it. Oh, when Jim allows him to be. Um, do you think Jim still holds like the leash tight? Yeah. Like, that's not to like kind of let Alvin, like, I'm not saying Alvin would be this great GM mm -hmm. um, if he was just allowed to do his own job. Like, yeah. no, I think they're on the same page, but I do think. Um, Rutherford's pulling the strings overall. I do think when they're saying he wants to leave, like Jim, same. But you know, you we're in this mess together. You caused it far more than me, so <laughs> you can't just up and leave. Hey, there's there's no reason why he can't just up and leave. I mean, he can unless, yeah, unless the contract he signs says uh, clause thirty two point one. You cannot just up and leave. <laughs> Uh, um, Alvin went on to say, uh, in, in response to a, who are the untouchables, having been given a list of the untouchables without confirming who the untouchables are said, yeah, we've got some untouchables, uh, but we're really looking to make, you know, moves. And this was actually, and I, I've sort of left out the, the plot here a little bit, um, he was asked about Brock Besser and it's like, well, you know, maybe we don't want to have a deal with Brock because he's, you know, his, his game is coming around, you know, and I have to admit Brock looks happy. Er, um, <laughs> he, he, we see him smiling. He and Petey are inseparable. And I think now that like Bo has been traded, like that sort of group that sort of had grown up together has shrunk. And like, if, if yeah, Brock gets traded, probably. it's, PD is suddenly the vet. <laughs> like madness. Right. Um, but if, if they're not going to go and trade Brock Besser, I don't under, I, 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 and I don't want to see Brock go, but I understand that he is an yeah, asset that is desirable. I, I would say there's not like, doesn't seem like there's like huge urgency with Brock Besser. And I kind of do understand that some experience, especially if he continues to sort of the reconnaissance that I've talked about, mm -hmm. which kind of got put on hold. Um, if that, if he continues to kind of get more confident over the course of the year, like then, and you get a decent exchange from him. Um, well, then. So I, the reason why I, I, and I, I'm maybe I'll follow this up with a question to you in a moment based on what you just said, but the reason why I look at Brock as being someone you do need to trade is that the Vancouver Canucks have painted themselves in a horrible corner with the salary cap. And there's only so many players that they can move that don't require you to eat some bad money beyond the course of the season and to um, free up some room in your own cap to uh, be able to afford to to buy uh, the the team uh, pucks uh, to use next season <laughs> but does that have to happen before deadline because that we're not talking about you know cap issues today necessarily yeah. <laughs> we're talking about the cap sure, issues come July 1 mm -hmm, exactly so I think that might be more of a let's see what deals get offered type thing and yeah. they might be more busy because don't Brock Besser and Luke Shen have the same agent? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't actually keep all that close track of which player no. has which I mean, agent. They all kind of sound so generic in their names that Todd Diamond is the only one I like routinely take notice of. Because um, what a cool name. Um, mm -hmm. But I think they're both... Um, Looked after by Ben Hankinson, maybe? Question mark. But yeah, that was a terrible segue because I can't quite remember the fact, but into that Luke Shen might be a more urgent well, name on Canucks. Yeah, and I, you know, Luke, had, he came out and said how, like, you know, a few seasons back, he just wanted to be wanted, and now he's kind of popular, That's and he's cute. just happy he was wanted in Vancouver. And, you know... If if you can get something for Luke Shen, I'm trade him. Like I don't see how you say no. Um, maybe Luke returns to Vancouver, right? Like it, there is a possibility. He seems to speak yeah, highly of of the town. Is that going to happen and, twice? Like uh, you know what? Sure, why not? <laughs> sure. Um, but but this is the thing. Like I don't feel when I look at this roster that there are truly any players beyond at this point. 
Quinn and Petey that you don't take an offer on. That's a reasonable offer. Like if some, if someone came and gave you a reasonable offer, JT to Miller, you take that deal. I don't care. Yeah. Like seven times a week, Sunday. Right. It's not going to happen, but you take it. Like if, if Toronto, if they're like, this is not an actual thing, but let's say Toronto did want Thailand Myers. Great. Have him. He's yours. Thank you. Um, now Myers isn't as big of an issue in the long term that, you know, JT will be for Vancouver. Um, but still Only like literally, yeah. you know, you're, you're needing to go in and, and, and find creative ways to give yourself some space. Um, you know, I, Connor Garland, Here's a player who probably could get an opportunity elsewhere. I think the Vancouver Canucks look at that and take it. Um, the problem is that from there, there isn't a whole lot more that seems to be all that, I don't know. Yeah, but I mean. Palatable for teams to take on. <laughs> palatable is such a good word. Um, but by all accounts, Luke Shen is, you know, possibly very close to being traded. Um, yeah. And Thomas Strance clearly was making the rounds today because he also was talking about, yeah, how um, Luke Shen's wife is about to give birth. I think Ooh. she's pretty far along. So I, they'd really I, like I, to get this sorted sooner rather than later. But yeah, I wonder. Like, they also have no control over it. So watch the Canucks. Is, is she here up. in Vancouver? Yeah. See, if he, if he gets traded, she doesn't travel. Hmm. I mean, the, the team he goes to, they'll give him the time to, to depart. But I'm just thinking. Yeah, I, you but know, you kind of want to know what your setup is, yeah. right? Like, Does she like, do born? like pretty darn quick? Oh, I, I don't know. I, I, I do not. Knowing how NHL teams operate, I bet you there's a front office out there that factors that into the conversation and their ability to have a player who's available come come game time. It's just, you know, yeah, time for but some like, spicy foods and long walks. There's other things, but this is not that other things. <laughs> um, okay, well. Um, what was I going to say? Because now I'm just... Now you're thinking about other things. I'm so sorry. And now I'm thinking about Luke Shen doing other things. Um, Well, you put Luke Shen's name into it. Yeah, I was going to say that, like, I was just going to say that watch Canucks mess this up. Like, you want there to be zero chance of Luke Shen coming back? Yeah, like... Oh, they're going to Dan Hamhuse it. Is that what they're going to do? They're going to Dan Hamhuse it. He'll be... On deadline day, he'll be on the ice and be told to come over here, but then told to keep skating. Yeah, it's like if he gets pulled off the ice, he's just like, is my wife going into labor or am I getting traded or both? It's both. Congratulations. <laughs> um, a player- yeah, I mean, this is so off the rails, but it's so quick. Yeah. Um, if anyone wants to see that Luke Shen's fit into Vancouver, watch his Canucks and cars because he it's a like clearly minus numbers snowing day and he's wearing shorts. So classic Vancouver yeah. move. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> like, do you, is there a problem with this, Anna? I don't know what you're trying to suggest. Yeah, this is how I'm not a Vancouverite fully. I'm in short. I'm in shorts right now. Like, I'm in shorts all the time. I did it's put pants on when it got that cold. Right now. But, well, I know I was outside in the wind wearing my shorts and my sandals. I had a hoodie on. I was, I felt it was a little brisk, but, uh, but no, I mean, when it comes to a player that's also, you know, been rumored to be on the move is, is Thatcher Demko. I mean, it shouldn't come to a surprise to anyone that, um, the Vancouver Canucks are exploring opportunities in net. I don't know if the current front office group, um, views Demko as we as a sort of fan base to have um i think we talked about this on the past episode but the scuttlebutt out of demko's camp is he kind of doesn't want to be here either so yeah now that spencer martin is currently on the waiver wire he is backing up has he actually gone into the game i don't know um, <laughs> um i don't believe so i think they're just gonna let colin delia suffer because okay detroit are four one up now um yeah. i will say yeah like i did have a thought um, when we briefly talked goalies um, earlier, 
do we think they're rushing Demko back to trade him? I, that's the only reason why I could conceivably think you would want to have Demko back so quick. And like the moment that Spencer Martin was placed on waivers, it told you that the Vancouver Canucks needed to free up a spot. Now, there are reasons why you free up spots. Player returning from injury, trades, like it, it, it's a contract issue. But goaltenders aren't the type of player that you sort of have a spare kicking around generally. So okay. that really limits it. I think the commonly held belief was that Demko was going to have a conditioning, you know, stint down in, in Abbotsford. I mean, it's been long enough, right? And given Demko's, we understand that this isn't a recurrence of his um, problem that um, gave him surgery. Um, but, like, why wouldn't you be being careful? Demko's supposed to be, like, your, your guy, you know? Yeah. The... the- I mean, there is the the caveat to the conditioning stint is that it could, you know, mess with the mojo down in Abbey. Okay, fine. Um, you know, Arthur Silas has been doing well, but I, I that bothered about that. No, but like you know, I mean, like I'm not suggesting that that's the case. I have to acknowledge there are some who could potentially point that out. But if you're not in the idea of rushing Demko back and you want him to get an opportunity. Having them down in Abbotsford conditioning is taking away the window that you have to showcase in the big leagues. Yeah, for sure. So, And, I mean, like, we really don't have long. It does seem a bit mad that they have put a goalie on waivers before a goalie's even ready to back up. Like, they want to get him to a few more practices. Does he back up on Wednesday? Like, is he well, going to go for Wednesday? I mean, it, wouldn't it be surreal if they placed Martin on waivers, but they don't actually do anything? I mean, yeah. Um, right now, Abbotsford are in Calgary. Um, they play back-to-back in Calgary. Okay. Tuesday, Wednesday. So, I mean, I am aware planes exist, but... Uh, Demko, ha- like, Demko has to be the backup for for Wednesday when the Rangers are in town, because there's absolutely no way the Vancouver Canucks would be silly enough to go and dangle a goaltender on the waiver wire. They with the potential no, that a team takes them back up. I, I think they like, they must be pretty sure that he's good to go. Like, I know he's been on the ice. We've seen pictures. We've seen maybe a tiny bit of video of that, but like, yeah, like you're going to, potentially lose Spencer Martin free. Like I'm aware that he's lost 10 games in a row. Don't like, I'm not saying he's like the second coming or anything, but um, yeah, that's a bit of a risk unless you are pretty damn sure. Again, Demko's ready to go, but it's interesting, isn't it? That Martin's lost the backup job. Yeah. It's also, you know, worth mentioning that the Vancouver Canucks have never gone and placed a player on waivers and been surprised when said player was picked up by another team. Um, yeah. Especially in the, yeah, the goalie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Max Legend, that, Mike McKenna. <laughs> gosh, Mike, I'm, we, we should see if we could get Mike on the show. He's a smart guy. Although he is. Yeah. I almost muted him on Twitter today. Cause he was talking about Ryan Reynolds and the senators, but um hmm. That's actually no disrespect to Mike. It's just a painful thing to read about. Um, But yeah, he's actually very smart. And we don't know a lot about goalies, to be fair. No. Oh, anywho. um, We didn't really get into it in Rewind, but we can do it now. Canucks play the Rangers at home. They play the Flyers at home. Um, The Rangers, I I suspect they come in and they beat Vancouver on Wednesday. Uh, The Flyers. Come into Vancouver on Saturday, and I suspect beat the uh, the Canucks, um, which sort of lines up with our our you know desires for how this this season were to unfold. Um, but when we start taking a look at the Vancouver Canucks schedule ahead of that, I mean they then head out in another sort of road swing. They do head east ish. Um, they come home to take on Boston and they head down to the state of Texas to take on the stars. And then they come back home where they have to play a bunch of games before heading on, you know, in one of their, uh, final road trips. 
What is the point of the NHL schedule to have the Vancouver Canucks go east, come home, play a game, go Texas, come home? Like, I mean, it's bonkers. And I think, like, we are not the only ones suffering here. Like, mm-hmm. I know that, like, there's um, an absolutely wild, like, um, I think Colorado is playing three back-to-backs in the course of two, ten days or, like, 12 days, something like that. It's crazy. So, like, once again... It's just like another example, small example of the NHL just like giving their stars like the worst possible opportunity to shine, right? It's just like, let's yeah. make things really difficult on teams so they get injured or um, struggle with fatigue. Like, I know it's a complete different sport, but NFL plays like 10 games a year, like 15 games a year, something like that. Like, hockey's crazy. The, what they're putting their body through for 82 games plus the travel. Yeah. It's the NHL for you, though. Anywho, um, yeah. By the way, the I'm the going show. to that that Boston game, so oh, really? I would like them to get give an F for that game. So. Uh, that how game many losses only. does Boston have on the season right now? Not a lot. Not a lot. I was um, going to say, is it double digits yet? Nope. <laughs> um, I don't believe so. Could you? Like, um, I don't know I mean, how. Yeah, they are top of the league by quite some margin. Yeah, like it, it's so surreal to me that you have a team like the Boston Bruins who have have not got to double digits and losses. Like eight, eight losses. You know, I mean, Carolina has ten. Uh, oh my goodness, and but. But like you, you look even if you take into consideration. I mean, I guess okay. There's someone out there, but they they had overtime losses. Those should count. Okay, fine. Say so if you want to count them, they got 13 losses. Um, but still, that just like it's not even close to you know anyone else. It's nuts. Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally nuts. Um, but um, and they are really good. But like, I don't think it can happen. Like. Oh, whatever. And They're going to beat the Canucks senseless. Total, total game. Like, singular games I'm talking about here. And the, it can, can happen. Like, the Canucks are not going to beat Boston. Do you honestly think that? I mean, yeah, anything I can happen. They could. But because, beating Boston like, is not it. I do think Boston are having an extraordinarily dominant season. But they were so good even after they won the Stanley. After it's a 4 p.m. puck kept, drop. And Canucks kept beating them. Did they it's not? A 4, p- 4 p.m. puck drop. Let me At live home. in hope, Chris. Chris, let me live with a tiny bit of hope. Gosh. They may indeed lose, but I'm not prepared to accept that reality just yet. Okay, fine. Um, I, I applaud your positivity. We need more Thank of you. the positivity on the show. Yeah, in fact, I think they're going to win one game <laughs> against Boston. I mean, that should be bonus points right there. Yeah. Uh, I am not going to any games uh, this season. Someone actually asked me if I would be going to the game on Wednesday because it's my birthday. And I'm like, why would I want to go there you for my ruin birthday? Your birthday? Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. Well, a happy birthday in advance. And I hope all our listeners jump in Discord and wish you a happy birthday on Wednesday. <laughs> okay, that, that wasn't meant to be a, 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 a fishing it? line. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it was, it was um, more meant to be a shot at the Canucks. So, um, you, what is it? Is it the big 6-0? 60? No. I'm getting there, but no, not yet. I still have the big 5-0 in the way, and that's not this one either. So, um, But I'm, I'm getting up there. You know, as you know, Baby Force will be apt to say, Daddy, you're old. Not yeah. as old as Nana and Papa, but you're pretty old. So, I mean, she's a smart kid. Mm-hmm, well, what can I do? Um I did in the past always look at the calendar to see, do the Canucks play on my birthday? Because wouldn't it be neat to go to a game on my birthday? Now you're like, nah. Yes. Now it's like, no, thank you. I'm not interested. I usually check um, because usually hockey does not take place on my birthday. Um, The last time Canucks played near my birthday, I believe was... Um, 
the lockout year, the half lockout year, so they finished. Hmm. The last game of the season was end of April. So, and I'm pretty sure they lost that game. But yeah, yeah usually they do play cricket around my birthday and Middlesex have won a lot of those games. So hmm. I have that to look forward to. Yeah, Aussie rules baseball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually was watching a TikTok video um, where someone was trying to point out uh, to someone who replied, like, who in the heck watches cricket? And they're like, but look at the number of people that not yeah, only billions play of people. cricket. <laughs> like, this is, you can always tell someone's probably from either, I'm going to say U.S. or Canada, but let's be honest. Um, when that comment is made, there is a significant odds percentage yeah. that's in I, the favor of the just, country it's 10 times the size of ours i just yeah, it, india exists like the um it's a women's world cup right now and honestly it's awesome to see like the engagement behind that um actually sri lanka have won their first two games and they are very much an underdog so cricket is an exciting place right now yeah awesome. i mean i i it's still a sport that i like i see it occasionally and i watch it and i'm like i don't quite understand it Maybe if I did, maybe I'd be more invested. Um, yeah, but, but you know, yeah, uh, literally billions of people watching it. Yeah, like, and I and I, you would like, worry. I would, I would never, I would never knock it. Like, I, I it <laughs> just blows my mind. Like, I call it Aussie Rules baseball, but that's not to disparage. It's hey, I call baseball upright cricket, so it's fine. Yeah, exactly. It's just us expressing our our uh, you know uh, cultural upbringings. <laughs> Mm-hmm. In a creative way, um, what was your what is it your mom calls hockey? Slippery cricket. Yeah, there we go. Slippery cricket. Yeah, see, there we there go. Hi, Mrs. Forthface. Um, so yeah, here we are at the end of the show. You uh, know, we got to talk about other stuff. I got to you know throw you for a loop. Uh, um, but this must have been a good show because you know here we are at the end of it, and you're still here with me. So thank you. It's good to be back. Thank you as well. Well, no, it's lovely to have you back. I but uh, like I will say, I really enjoyed talking to Chris Faber mainly because we were not talking about the Vancouver Canucks. Well, um, we were talking about the Canucks. Yeah, the Canucks. We were talking and about country. the Canucks. Um, yeah, and country music, which is very strange for me to say that. And I'm sure it's about to get more country because the baby Canucks are yeah, as I say, in Calgary um, for the next two games. I'm sure they play the call on the country music station there. Um, but yeah, like that was a lot of fun too, but it's nice to have you back and I enjoy our chats, even if it's like trying not to talk about the Canucks. Yeah. Let's call spade a spade. Faber announced on the last episode that uh, we've reached quota with him for a while. So he won't be back, <laughs> which is fair. <laughs> like he came on twice in a month. So, um, you shouldn't have come up with a good idea to do a Abbotsford Canucks episode. That, that, that's his fault. Completely his. Mm-hmm. He said it to me and I pass it on to you. So there we go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, like, honestly, like the podcast discord Canucks Twitter, that's what keeps me sane and all this craziness. So um, I appreciate absent Chris, but Hey, I won't take offense to it. I said this podcast. Are you yeah, not part doesn't... of this podcast? Well, I'm not, I wasn't singled out. You could have been talking As about opposed like, to my Adam other for host? all I know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, hey, his name is still in the intro. He must count. Okay. Yeah. That's something <laughs> we shall get sorted. Yeah. We kind of throw around these accusations of the Canucks not being professional, but they have a lot more <laughs> money than we do. I think we've ever claimed to be professional as a podcast. Yeah. Far from it. Aquilini should sell the Canucks and buy our podcast. There we, there we go. Oh, could you imagine? That's, could you imagine? That's, fight, that's like, I literally won't say anything else because that's my oh. final word. Um, if you reach this point of the show and you have still yet to find us uh, on the social medias and slap that follow button, we're uh, at the C4 podcast on Twitter. Uh, taking part in the conversation is obviously best done in Discord. That's discord.io slash C4 podcast. And if for some reason you ever wanted to go and drop us a voicemail that we could include on an upcoming episode of the show, you can also go to speakpipe.com slash C4 podcast. Um, and I would be curious if anyone uh, uh, and Ian uh, from Saskatoon uh, would, uh, would drop a 
a note. Ian has been so far the most consistent voice to include, but I think we should have more, more voices and Ian's. So Ian, I'm yes. not discounting yeah, you. We, I yes, want you and others. That's yeah. right. Heck, I want, maybe Ian can have like friends call in just to say they're Ian, Ian from Saskatoon's. I am so-and-so from such and such who's friends with Ian from Saskatoon. Should be kind of cool. Also, if you call in, please use your name in similar fashion. So I would call in and say, I'm Anna from London. Anna from London. And yeah, say your name where you're from. You're Chris from Vancouver. And Ian is Ian from Saskatoon. Yeah. Uh, And last but not least, if you want to support the show financially, you can do so by going to support.c4podcast.com. That'll forward you off to uh, buy me a coffee. Banana and I, we're more about the pint. So if you were to drop some money our way, it's called buy me a pint. So on behalf of Anna, A4603, myself, Chris Atlay, for signing off the C4 Canucks Hockey Podcast, brought to you by the Full Press Coverage Network and CanucksHockeyBlog.com with We Out.